Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Hey everyone, this is Courtney. Our guest on this week's episode of In Doubt is Jeremy Cagle. Jeremy's the teaching pastor at Grace Fellowship Church, and Joshua talks to him about the importance of actually going to church each week. With technology at our hands like never before, we have the opportunity to watch a sermon online or listen to a podcast as we drive. Those aren't bad things, but when we use them to take the place of church, we're excluding ourselves from the corporate aspect of church. It's easy to sit at home on a Sunday morning and think that we're not missing much. But Jeremy and Joshua encourage each of us to pursue church and everything that we'd be missing by staying home. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode with Joshua and Jeremy Cagle. So Sunday after Sunday, we wake up, you know, maybe at a reasonable hour, you know, 10 a.m. service, maybe maybe an unreasonable hour. God God bless those 8 a.m. services. Um, You know, you show up at church, shake a few hands, you grab your coffee, take your seat, Uh, Maybe stand, sing a few songs, sit down, take an offering, stand again, sing a few songs. But inevitably, a pastor is going to rise to the pulpit and preach from the Word of God. Why has this become the norm of Christian worship services? Uh, This is a question that, oddly enough, not a lot of people think about. Why why do we hear the Word preached every Sunday? Well, you know, I think there's there's some really good answers to that question. I think that's a question uh, that as young adults, we really need to wrestle through. Why is it that I come to the church on Sunday to hear the Word? Why don't I just listen to a podcast? Why don't I listen to a good song? So I'm excited to wrestle through these questions today, and I'm really excited to be joined by uh, Pastor Jeremy Cagle, who's the teaching pastor at Grace Fellowship Church in Chilliwack. Um, So thanks so much for joining us, Jeremy. Yeah, thank you, Joshua. It's it's an honor to be here and a privilege. Thank you. Ah, Great. So you're a pastor. How long have you been in the ministry? Well, uh, in in full-time ministry, probably around 10 years, uh, around that time, but uh, it, well, during my college years, when I was a young adult, I started preaching actually in a nursing home. I was uh, 19 years old, and uh, my tennis coach, I played tennis in college, told me that uh, he knew I was interested in ministry. And he said there was a nursing home nearby that uh, the, the people there could not go out and to attend a Sunday morning service. And so they were looking for a preacher, and they got me. I started preaching uh, Sunday by Sunday, and that's kind of how it got started. Wow. So you've got a, you've got a bit of experience in this area. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. A little bit. So, so as a as a pastor, as the teaching pastor at Grace Fellowship Church, uh, you preach every Sunday. So, can I start with this question? Why? Why do you prepare a sermon through the week and then preach faithfully every Sunday? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the easiest answer, the simplest answer, is that the Bible tells us to do that. Second uh, Timothy chapter four, uh, Paul tells Timothy, uh, who was a pastor. He says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, that's quite an introduction to a charge, he says, uh, preach the word. So basically, the Bible tells us to do that as, as ministers. Uh, our Lord Jesus Christ was a preacher. That's what he did. Uh, he was a carpenter, and then he became a preacher. John the Baptist was a preacher. The apostles were preachers. The prophets in the Old Testament, that's what's what they did as well. And so... The uh, Reformers were preachers, the Puritans were preachers, the men during the First and Second Great Awakening in church history were also preachers. And so I I just mentioned that background to say 
that uh, you stand in a long line of men when you stand in the pulpit and preach the Word of God. You have the commands in Scripture. Uh, 2 Timothy 4 would be one. Uh, 2 Timothy 2, verse 15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the Word of Truth. And so there's church history, there's the Scriptures. All those are reasons why. Uh, I feel like there's a calling to do this week by week, and uh, it's it's a privilege, absolutely. Cool. So so I remember uh, in elementary school, I'd go to an assembly, and somebody would share this motivational speech. Is that preaching, or or, or what makes preaching preaching? Even stepping back for a minute, maybe the question that you're asking, which is a good one, is, you know, the difference between a secular pep talk and the difference between a sermon. And I think probably baseline answer would be the content. Uh, you know, secular motivation. Uh, I, I followed sports a lot growing up. In sports, you're always looking for motivation to get the guys psyched up, get them pumped up for a game. And you, you could draw off of anything for that, anything emotional, anything uh, that would be sentimental you could, you could use. But a preacher's job is, is not to do that. That doesn't mean there's not times when you motivate people. You, you absolutely do. But a preacher's job is to stand on the authority of the Word of God. You just saw that in the, in the passage there in Second Timothy where he tells them to preach the Word. The idea there is, there's, Timothy, your, your job is not to make up whatever you want. Your job is not to communicate your ideas or, or even your, your background or your history. It's not about you, Timothy. It's about the Word of God that's been given to you in the Bible and so, you know, maybe an example of this would be, I, I'm not originally from uh, Chilliwack or from British Columbia. I'm from Tennessee, which is a long way away from here. And when I stand up in the pulpit every week for, for our people, I don't, feel like I, I don't feel like there's a void that, that keeps me from communicating to them. Because I'm not communicating to them my background. I'm not, I'm not here to talk about me or my life or my job is to teach them what's in the Scriptures there was a book written years ago by John Stott called Between Two Worlds. And in the book, he talked about how it's a preacher's job to stand between the world of the Bible and the world that, of the people that he's preaching to. And, and his job is to kind of dive into the, the, the first century world or the world of the Old Testament and un, un, unravel that, unpackage that for the people that are listening. And so that's what I feel kind of like my job is. I, I stand between two worlds. I stand between the world of the Bible and the world of our people, and I try to make the two uh, come alive. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you make that note about being from Tennessee and coming up here and, and not feeling like there's a barrier. I was I was just uh, thinking on and, and studying Second Corinthians 4 the other day, where, where he says, we do not proclaim ourselves, but we proclaim Christ Jesus. Um, and what an encouragement that is for those who go out. Even some people as, as missionaries feel like that's a bit of a, a hold for them to stop. Well, I don't know anything about. And there is the, uh, the wisdom of learning a culture and going into that uh, with an understanding, but ultimately recognizing we preach Christ. That's right. And, you know, in our, our church on a Sunday morning, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it'd probably be like anyone's church in this area, we could have seven or eight different countries represented and the funny thing about the whole cultural dynamic is which culture are you going to talk about? We have so many that are there. And we have so many different translations of the Bible that they'll bring in. We have people that will bring in their, their German Bible with their English Bible. They'll bring in their Afrikaans Bible. And at the end of the day, uh, all the cultural things, it's not that they're not important, but the most important thing is to preach the Word. What would you say is the difference between preaching uh, and teaching the Word? 
Yeah. Uh, well, they can. There can be a lot of overlap. Let me just say that uh, in Ephesians four, you know, Paul says that the Lord gave some to be apostles, some to be evangelists, some to be uh, pastors and teachers. And that word pastors and teachers, a lot of um, commentaries say they're the same word or the same office. Uh, the word and, uh, if I understand it correctly, may not be in the original. So uh, all that to say there can be a lot of overlap between the two offices. But if we were going to make a, a simple distinction between the two, it's kind of like the idea of a teacher uh, – presents the truth to people, and then a pastor applies it, or if I could say it again in a very simple way, you know, a pastor is a shepherd. He is, he takes the sheep from one place to another. A teacher could be more like a, a guide who tells them where to go, but may not necessarily hold their hand on the way there. I mean, for me personally, I, I see them to be very similar. I, I don't know how you can really pastor people if you're not teaching them. But having said that, you can be a teacher in a college classroom or something like that and, and not be a pastor, per se. Hmm. So for those who just come on a Sunday and we're, and we're listening to a sermon, um, why is preaching so important to take in? Because I, I could be home uh, laying in bed and I pop in my headphones and I'm listening to a podcast or I go on a drive. I do that often. I, I jump in my car and I turn a podcast. I drive and I just listen to it. Why is it that that's not the same as coming and hearing a pastor preaching in person. Is, is that a good replacement, or what would you say to that? Well, first of all, maybe to say it's it's a unique thing in our day and age to be able to do that. I mean, Christians for centuries couldn't do that. It, when the Lord Jesus would say, follow me, it was an interesting thing to say, because if you wanted to hear him preach, you had to literally follow him. Right. There was no radio. There was no programs like what we're doing here. You had to literally audibly go where he went. And so I remember even reading about Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was a British pastor who died in the 1980s, but his ministry was in the 40s and 50s when radio came out, uh, radio cassette tapes and that kind of thing. And, and he would wrestle with, what do we do with these cassette tapes? So I'll just say it's a pretty new phenomenon. But podcasts, things online are all great. Well, if, if it's good material, it's great. So definitely all for that. Uh, but there is a difference between hearing preaching live versus um, hearing it through the computer. I mean, it, the scriptures tell us, First Peter 2, verse 2, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word. So we are to long for that. Uh, Hebrews 10 tells us to um, not neglect meeting together. And within that meeting, there's the, the dynamic of preaching. And so there's a couple of reasons why I think it's important probably to, to hear preaching live. Uh, one is you can turn it off if it's on the online mm. and you can't turn it off if you're in the room. <laughs> and so, you know, there's messages that you you probably need to hear, but they may not be something you just really want to hear. And there's also an element of, um, you know, Matthew 28, Jesus tells the disciples make disciples teaching them all the things I've taught you. And, a lot of times when you listen to stuff online, it's the hunt and peck method. You pick things that you only want to hear. When you're, when you're forced to listen to the next passage or that kind of thing, it gives you a full scope of the Word of God. So those are, those are some reasons. Um, another one is, you know, when you're in the room listening to preaching, there's a sense of immediacy um, there. There should be. There's a sense of uh, you know, this, is, this is something that I need to deal with right now. Uh, but when it's online, you can't do that. Another reason is you're being built up into the body of Christ together, and you need to listen to preaching together. 
you need to be with other people hearing the Word of God. If, if you're doing that by yourself, well, God's goal in your life is not just to make you a Christian all by yourself. That, that is not a biblical idea. That's something I really fear for um, my generation, your generation, and as, as, as younger Christians come up. I think a lot of us aren't quite getting that. I think we're becoming very isolated in our Christian walk, and that's not what the Lord wants for us. He wants us to be in a church together. For those of, who are looking for a church and trying to find the right church to be a part of, uh, what is it that on a Sunday if they're visiting that we ought to look for in a good sermon? Like, I, I don't even know if it, is that the right way to, to talk about it. Is there a good sermon, a bad sermon? And uh, what would you say if someone's arriving to church on a Sunday, um, what should they be expecting to hear from the pulpit and what defines um, a sermon that, that we want to be listening to? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think clarity would be uh, very important. Um, yeah, there's a lot of churches, right? Especially like in our town of Chilliwack, I think someone told me there's 60 churches or thereabouts. And so if you are looking for a church, you're going to see a lot of things. You're going to see a lot of options, a lot of opportunities. And a lot of them are teaching the Word, but and some are not. And But the one thing you're looking for is clarity. Do I, under, do I understand what he's saying? Is it helping me um, understand the Bible better? If a minister's job is to preach the Word, am I walking away understanding the Word of God better as a result of this sermon? And that's something when you go into a church, maybe I could also say, you want to be very humble about that. You, you know, the, the Word of God is sit over us, uh, us as pastors, us as people in the church, whoever it is. We're not to sit over it. And so you don't want to come into a church and say, well, that wasn't good enough, or that was good enough, or you're not the judge, jury, and executioner. That's not the approach. You want to be humble about that. But at the end of the day, you do need to understand the Bible from what you're learning. And so that's, that's something I think in a sermon that's, that's key. Mm, that's good. So, so here's a question. If I'm uh, waking up on a Sunday morning, uh, I've had a bit of a rough week, uh, but I go to church anyway. I know that I should, right? I don't want to neglect meeting together, Hebrews 10. But I come and I don't particularly want to listen to a sermon. Uh, I kind of want to just turn my brain off and I just want to sit there and maybe take a little mini nap uh, or, or, you know, f- you know, open up Snapchat for a little bit while I'm sitting in the, sitting in the seats. What, what would you suggest that, that I do uh, when I come to a service with that feeling, when I'm heavy, when I'm, when I'm bored or tired? Um, what's something you would suggest to, to someone who feels that way coming into a church service? Well, I would say you're a human being, so you're going to feel that way. <laughs> so I wouldn't say don't, uh, don't, don't, put, don't be too frustrated about mm, that. I think good. that's a normal thing. I, when I moved to Canada, um, we had just adopted my, my youngest son, and he was three months old when I moved here. And we were doing all the immigration stuff and all the stuff of a new church and all this with a uh, three-year-old and a three-month-old. And all that to say, we would come to church sometimes, and we hadn't had much sleep. His, uh, his bed was right above where my desk is. My desk is downstairs for the church, and then his bed was upstairs. I'll just say I feel your pain. Uh, there's times when you're going to come in, and you're going to be just, just out of it for whatever reason. But I think that's when you go back to just your, your duties as a believer. You, you need the Word of God. You need this. You, you need to be reading it. You need to be in prayer over the things you learn in Scripture. But you also need to be sitting under the preaching of the Word as well. And so... You just um, you do it as a, as a duty, as a believer, and you let the feelings catch up. You, you obviously want to feel the right things for God. You shouldn't want that. But when, when that's not there, you, you follow the Lord, give it all you've got, and pray for Him to, to turn your heart around. Mm, that's good. 
where do I put preaching uh, in that priority level? Like if if I can make a Bible study on on Wednesday nights and I have to work Sundays, but but that's good. Is is that good enough? And is that good enough for a long period of time? Or should I be pursuing the opportunity to be, to be hearing the word preached on a Sunday or a Saturday night? Um, like where, where should I hold that priority? Is, is a Bible study enough? You know, I would say that it's, it's really not at the end of the day. I say that, gen- I say that gently just because I understand people's scenarios. So I understand there's times when someone uh, has to work on Sunday. But there's a lot of other things that go on on a Sunday morning that you don't want to miss. Uh, for instance, baptism happens on a Sunday morning. The Lord's Supper happens on Sunday morning. The corporate worship, whether that be singing or prayer or those types of things, happen on a Sunday morning. At our church this last Sunday, we had some testimonies from people, and you just miss all of those wonderful things that happen on a Sunday if you only go during the week. And so preaching is part of what the Lord has called the church to do, but there's all these other things as well, and, and you don't want to miss out on those. They're very much a blessing for your Christian life. Mm, that's good. So... So after a Sunday sermon, I've I've heard the word preached, and and maybe it's a really convicting message. Maybe maybe not so much. It was just kind of another another sermon, another week. Um, what should I do after a sermon? Because I've got a whole week uh, until I hear another one, unless I listen to a podcast. <laughs> How do I respond to a sermon? Well, I think a teachable heart is a big thing. You want to have a soft heart to the Word of God. You know, if you've listened to a passage that week on, well, let's just say humility or something like that. Well, you want to go back and examine your heart and ask the Lord to make you humble that week. That would be a very simple way to do it. You do that in prayer. You know, you're praying the Lord would would flesh that out in your life. You could do that in accountability as well. You You could meet with a brother or sister for accountability in that area and talk to them about your struggles. At the end of the day, you want to apply what you've heard. Remember we talked about the difference between preaching and teaching, and one difference is a preacher is applying the Word of God to someone's life. So we're not just, we're not just giving speeches. We actually want you to go home and, and, and do what the Word says for you to do. Mm. And uh, one thing we often, we just finished a series on Jonah, and one wonderful lesson in, in the life of Jonah is that Jonah 2, verse 9, salvation is from the Lord. The Lord is sending Jonah to these evil Ninevites, like the scum of the earth at the time, and he's sending him there to, to preach essentially a revival in the town and, and showing him that uh, the Lord can save whoever he wants. And at the end of the day, the lesson for Jonah was just humility. You've got to humble yourself about this and just receive the fact that this is who the Lord wants to draw to salvation. But the application to that is, you know, do I see myself as Jonah? Do I think I'm better than the people around me? Do I... Do I look at everybody else like they're Ninevites? And, and so the lesson is humility. And so you, you come home and, and you examine your heart in those areas and pray for the Lord to give you grace. Uh, on, on the same note, um, if I, I listen to a, a sermon, and, and sometimes I, I talk to a lot of people who, who wrestle with this. You come away from a Sunday, and, and a few days later, uh, you know, I might ask them, hey, what did you learn on Sunday? And they say, well, I, uh, I think we were in Titus. <laughs> uh, you know they don't, they don't quite remember. Um, yeah, right, right. Yeah. What would you? How would you advise somebody? Like, because because there's not a lot of people who come away from a Sunday sermon thinking I want to forget all that. Uh, at least right. I hope not. But a lot of people want to remember. What would you suggest and advise for somebody to to come away from a sermon and actually be able to remember? Right, James saying don't don't just look upon the word and and turn away from as if you're looking in a mirror and turn away, forget your your what you even look like, but be doers of the word. How, how is it that you would suggest we go about? remembering what we've learned? 
Well, there's different simple things for that, Joshua. Like, you know, taking notes, obviously, that, that helps to, to write down what's what's being taught. I often give an outline to our people of the passage so that they can, can see where the thoughts connect. And, and they often encourage them to write those outlines down so they can remember it that way. But, but uh, yeah, so things like that are helpful. Another way is to, to remember that, uh, again, the Word of God is supposed to be changing you. So not only should the pastor be coming into the to this whole preaching experience with gravity and, and sobriety, seriousness, but the people should as well. Our folks would often say to me that, hey, I felt like you were just preaching to me. Well, I was. You were in the room. Right, right. You know, I mean, I pre- I've been preaching to my heart the whole week, and now I'm coming in and doing the same for you. And so that's how you have to approach this. Uh, Ephesians 4 mentions that um, the Lord gave these prophets and, and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping of saints, but it mentions until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man. And then it goes on in verse 14 to say what maturity looked like in the Christian life. And it says, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. And the idea of children is the idea of you just don't have a long attention span. Mm. And you just go all over the place. I mean, my kids, you know, the conversations comes in like two-second sound bites, and then they change their, their minds on something else. Yeah, yeah. And, and Paul is saying your maturity in Christ and your growth in Christ and the reason these people are teaching you is to get you off of that track, to get you to where you're able to focus on spiritual things, to where you're not swept away by every trend that sweeps through the church, whatever it may be. And so some of that is keeping that in mind as you approach Sunday morning service, is that you, we all have a responsibility in this. The, the ministers have responsibility to bring the Word of God to the people, but the people have a responsibility to hear it as well. Mm, that's good. Um, I wonder if I could ask a question that, that I, I hope would be helpful um, to, to some of us as we're wrestling, maybe attending our church or trying new churches. Um, what is it that that if if I'm listening to a Sunday sermon, uh, is there anything that, that should to me be a red flag uh, or of, of something indicating that maybe there's a caution to what I'm listening to here? Because uh, I, I think we're seeing quite a few churches opening up that, that actually aren't preaching the word anymore um, and, and they're choosing not and preaching other things. And, and so in the, in the humility of recognizing what you said earlier, that, that we come to sit under the word and not be over it. Um, what are some things that, that might be red flags to me if I'm sitting under a sermon that I hear that should kind of warn me about what I'm listening to? Yeah. And that reminds me of that passage in second Timothy four, where Paul says, you know, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God to preach the word. And he says, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they'll accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And and that just kind of goes along with what you're saying, Joshua. I mean, Paul is telling Timothy, preach the word, but time is coming when all kinds of people are not going to be doing that in the church. And so, yeah, as far as from the uh, angle of the believer coming to a church service, you, you've got to have discernment. And the idea of discernment is the idea of there's got to be a guard on your mind. You, you can't accept everything that's always taught, taught or put out in a book or put on the radio or on the internet. You, you've got to have a filter. And the filter is the, the Word of God. And so, you know, if you approach a sermon and, and the minister flatly says something that's just unbiblical, it does not match what, what you can clearly just read in the, in the text, 
And that would be a red flag. Uh, another one would be, I mean, Paul says it right here, the job of a preacher is to be ready in season and out of season to reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. If the minister's not doing that, if he's not preaching the word and, and reproving sin, rebuking sin, exhorting you to grow in godliness and being patient and with instruction, then those are things as well. I, you know, some sermons you listen to them and, and maybe you get a, a warm, fuzzy feeling from them, but there's no instruction. I mean, you walk away and you say, I don't know what, going back to the issue of content, I don't know what he just said. Hmm. Well, give the guy a break. Maybe he had a bad Sunday, but if it's that way every Sunday, then, then you probably want to find another church. You're supposed to have instruction from the pulpit. You're supposed to be walking away with, with biblical content that you can apply during the week. Hmm. That's helpful. That's helpful. Uh, so last question here. Uh, so you, you you said earlier that, that as you're preparing a sermon, it, it's as if you're preaching it to your own heart during the week. Um, as As you're doing that preparation, what do you what do you find a that, that God does in you, uh, and b what's your prayer for your church as you're preparing that sermon, um, that you would pray that God would work in them uh, every time you stand to preach? Well, He sanctifies me through the process. That's for sure. It's a humbling thing because no matter what I'm wrestling with personally, the Word of God is the Word of God. So, you know, if I feel like I'm not quite getting a passage or, or, or applying something super well, doesn't matter. That's what it says, and that's what's going to be preached on Sunday. And so I have to, to repent in my heart. I've got to wrestle with that personally. I can't change it. That's one reason we, uh, we preach verse by verse at Grace Fellowship. It's just uh, Jesus says in Matthew 28, teach them all I've commanded you. Well, the word all is a, is, means everything. And so regardless of whether the pastor feels or doesn't feel like doing it. So it sanctifies me for sure. We, we talked about counseling this past week and, and just how um, the Lord fills us up with what we need to counsel one another. And there's times I feel empty. There's times I don't feel, going back to the idea of the feelings we talked about earlier, maybe, maybe not feel like I really can deal with this person's problem. I don't know what to say, but I go, but the scriptures say he fills me up with what I need. Romans 15 verse 14 says that. So that's one thing it does for me. My prayer for the people is it would do the same thing. I, I pray it would sanctify their hearts and lives and grow them in godliness. You know, we, we are all in this together. We believe in the priesthood of believers. We can all come to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. We all go to God the same way. Some just have different gifts and roles in the church, but we all have the same journey as Christians, and that is to, to draw closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're trying to follow Him, be more like Him, and so that's, that's what I want for our people. Uh, that's my prayer for them every Sunday. That's great. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I, I've really appreciated this conversation, and I think it's going to be really helpful to a lot of our listeners. Yeah, thank you, Joshua. It was an honor to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks for joining us for this episode. I'm really glad that we were able to talk to Jeremy Cagle, and I hope that you were encouraged in the part that you play in the local church. If you'd like to follow along with the church that Jeremy is a part of, you can follow them on Instagram, at grace.fellowship.church. Also, if there's anything that you'd like to suggest to us or share with us, I'd encourage you to send us a message on social media or email us at info at If you'd like to keep up with us for daily content, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The only thing I want to add on this episode is just a quick mention of the InDoubt app that you can download on Apple or Android smartphones. You have access to everything that's on the website, every podcast episode, all the articles, the Jude Bible study, and more. It's just easier to access right on your phone. 
You'll also get a notification every time there's a new episode so you never miss a conversation. Thanks again for listening this week, and I hope you join us for our next episode where Daniel will be talking with Ruth Simons, who's an artist, author, and speaker about her new book, Beholding and Becoming, The Art of Everyday Worship. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.